the big questions in the energy industry today are, how is hydrogen the primary driving force behind the evolution of energy? Where is capital being deployed for hydrogen projects globally? And where are the best investment opportunities for early adopters who recognize the importance of hydrogen? I will address the critical issues and give you the information you need to deploy capital. Those are the questions that will unlock the potential of hydrogen, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Paul Rodden, and welcome to the Hydrogen Podcast. Okay, so I was riding my bike the other day, and I was remembering this time when I was consulting with an an energy producer, and they were looking at getting into hydrogen. And I I walked in, and I really wasn't sure where they were as far as as having any kind of background in hydrogen, any kind of knowledge, anything at all. And I wasn't sure where to start, and so I just kind of started very high level, you know, kind of asking them about questions and where where they were historically on any kind of hydrogen knowledge and really they, they knew a little bit about what green was what blue was and that was that was about it they really didn't know that much and for for a company who's looking to invest in hydrogen it was uh, pretty clear that that they needed a lot of work to catch up to where other companies are and so I just kind of started at a high level and it got me thinking while I was on the bike, that's probably a good place to start, at least as an introduction. You know, I know a lot of you probably know what I'm about to cover, but, but a lot of people may not. And so for, for those of you who don't know what the different colors of hydrogen are, I figured I'd just go ahead and, and start talking about that at, at a kind of a real high level. So go through the, some of the, the, the main colors, what they are, kind of the, the, the pluses and minuses of each one, and, and finish up there. The, the first one I want to start with is kind of the, the grandfather of, of hydrogen. It's the gray hydrogen. And gray hydrogen has been used for a long time as a, as a feedstock for ammonia. And that's where you just, you take your, your hydrogen, you mix it with nitrogen, and you get ammonia. It's, it's a lot easier to compress, and it, uh, ammonia works as a, as a great fertilizer. So the, the current solution is gray to produce hydrogen. Now, gray takes, um, usually it's a steam methane reformer, and you run natural gas through it, and it separates out the carbon dioxide and the hydrogen. And the carbon dioxide in, in a gray plant just gets released. So that's, that's where you get your, your, your negative downside on the grays, is you're releasing the carbon into the atmosphere. So to, to make that clean, they've introduced the, the blue hydrogen. And what is, that is, is it's the SMR, the, the steam methane reforming, with a, some sort of carbon capture. And usually a carbon capture is just going to be a... Uh, set of equipment that you add to a, a gray plant to capture the carbon. And then what happens is the, the hydrogen goes out as it always does, whether it's put into pipes or compressed and trucked out or, uh, or railed out. Then the, the carbon can be either utilized as in um, EOR wells or anything, anything else you know, compressed for um, fire extinguishers, or it can just be put back into the ground and into some kind of storage unit like, like under a salt dome. So that's, that's blue hydrogen. So the CO2 is captured and stored. It's extremely cheap compared to the other solutions that we'll get into later. And, and again, that, that cost is going to vary depending on, on how much natural gas is. You know, right now it's so low that it makes a lot of sense to, to keep creating hydrogen from natural gas. The, the downside of it is the, the hydrogen isn't as pure and uh, carbon capture technology, is, it's not widespread yet. 
a lot of gray plants are moving to blue, but it's still, it's a, there's a, a pretty substantial cost associated with it. And, and not a whole lot of people are doing it. So going from there is green. You know, blue and the green are kind of the, the, the big ticket items. On green, what, what usually happens is you have some kind of renewable energy source. Usually it's, it's either wind farms or solar farms. And when you have excess capacity, you run that through salt water. So you electrolyze the salt water through a process that's it's PEM is, is the initials. And what that does is there's, there's no CO2 emissions to worry about. It's very high, pure hydrogen. The, the problem with that is it's not a real long-term, it's, it, it's not going to happen anytime soon that, to where it's cost-effective because it is extremely expensive to do this process. Uh, most of the reasons are it's, you know, wind doesn't generate as much electricity as it could. And it's the same with the photovoltaic cells in uh, uh, solar farms. So the, right now it's just a, a high-cost solution to create hydrogen. Now, in the future, as costs drop to create wind and solar farms, then your cost of creating hydrogen will drop also, uh, making it the long play. But in the near term, blue is, is really the, the one that shines as, as a way to create hydrogen. Next from that is something that I think should be given a lot more attention than it's getting in the media, and that's yellow hydrogen. Now, yellow hydrogen is done in the same way that green hydrogen is, except instead of coming from a wind farm or a solar farm, it's coming from a nuclear facility. And so you have the same positives of no CO2 emissions, high purity. The downside is it's coming from a nuclear plant, so there's still the, the nuclear waste that you have to dispose of. Other than that, though, the nuclear waste is going to be there one way or another with a nuclear plant. The other issues are nuclear is a very, very high startup cost. But then again, if the nuclear plant is going to be there, why not just go ahead and use any excess capacity to charge solar water or salt water and, and make hydrogen with it? The other two that I want to talk about, the next one is brown hydrogen or black hydrogen, e either one. Now, those are made from coal. And so there's the, the plus side is there is a large abundance of coal, especially if it's, if it's local. The downside is the CO2 it still gets, still gets released. So it's just like gray, except instead of natural gas, you're using coal to create it. So it's very, very unhealthy for the environment. And you'll find a lot of these brown projects in places like China, where coal is readily available, and natural gas, not so much. The last one, I think, is, is really a, a, an interesting one. And that's, that's called turquoise hydrogen. Now, turquoise hydrogen is uh, it's a process that I'm not entirely familiar with, but you take natural gas and you run it over molten metal. And what's cool about that is it separates out the hydrogen, but the carbon also separates from the oxygen. And you just get a solid carbon as a byproduct and the oxygen just gets released and there's no problem just releasing oxygen. This is a very cool process. I haven't heard of any major project in the world that's actually going to scale with it. There are some test facilities and some demonstration facilities that are set up doing it, but it, I don't see anything really hitting as, as far as uh, large-scale investments. Okay, well, you know, that's, that's really the, the really high-level coverage of six different types of, of colors of hydrogen. 
I know there are groups out there that even that don't even like the colors. They they would rather use the the technologies to identify the hydrogen versus the colors. And and to it, may, it does make a lot of sense to do it that way. But what when you're when you're just talking to a a group of investors or general public, no one wants to hear SMR CCUS 100 times an hour. So it's just easier to say blue. That being said, something to keep in mind on, on blue is the carbon capture, not all carbon capture is created equal. Just because it says carbon capture doesn't mean that all the carbon is getting captured. It could be 20%, it could be 80%, it could be 100. But that's that's kind of the, the, the big caveat for blue is you need to make sure if, if you're looking to invest and you're, you're using this as an ESG source that you're capturing a significant amount of carbon, not just the, the 20% or, or whatever to get some kind of tax credit. All right, that being said, we'll, we'll keep coming back for, for some more hydrogen chats. Talk to everyone later. Bye. Hey, this is Paul. I hope you liked this podcast. If you did and want to hear more, I'd appreciate it if you would either subscribe to this channel on YouTube or connect with your favorite platform through my website at www.thehydrogenpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I very much appreciate it. Have a great day.